Hey, welcome to Unzipped with Marky Mike. I am your host, Michael Alfaro, and let's get into it. Episode three, I'm excited. I want to preface this episode with first identifying that this is a safe place. There is no judgment in this space, and you're safe with me. Now, why am I saying this? Because without me clarifying our safe space, you won't allow your mind to explore the following topics with openness. And I want you to indulge me as we walk through these topics because they are vital and some may even say paramount to our personal growth and this journey that I want you guys to go on with me. So let's jump in and I want you to keep in mind, it's okay that some of these topics might spur up some judgment that this is fine, this is okay, it's happened to me. But what I want you to think in these moments is, where is this judgment coming from? Who put this idea in my mind? Who does this line of thinking benefit? And why is this person or idea important? Why am I providing validity and unquestionable certainty to this? And lastly, is this thought or notion even true? So. Now that that's out of the way, let's let's jump into the topics, right? Body positivity will be a segment to the diversity of penises and vulvas because every one of them is beautiful. Every our bodies are beautiful, and we have to talk about this so we can expose ourselves to the comfort and healing that our bodies and minds need. Honestly, this episode is heavily inspired by my watching a docu series on Netflix called Love, Sex, and Goop by Gwyneth Paltrow and the Goop Lab, which if you haven't checked out the series, please do so because it really brings up a lot of questions that you need to be asking yourself. It exposes you to topics I'm going to be going over in this episode. So what I need you guys to do is like stop getting in your head. It's okay. You might feel a sense or a way of the words that I will be speaking in the coming topics. And that's fine. That's that's all a testament to the to the dogma that we've been exposed to all throughout our lives and our inability to love ourselves. This dogma was also pushed on us by peers, leaders, and individuals that we hold up on a certain pedestal. A lot of the times above our own selves, you know, which is not healthy. So what is dogma? Dogma is a belief that we hold within ourselves with unquestionable certainty. And honestly, guys, we have to break this. We have to shatter this dogma within ourselves, within our minds, and we have to form new ones. We have to form new dogmatic approaches to life that incorporate self-love. And this starts with kindness. This notion and idea that I introduced in the previous episode is going to leak into this episode and it'll continue on and on because the premise of self-love is kindness to yourself. And then also, you guys, you have to understand that dogma is formed through socialization. You know, we go through this in preschool, all the way up until we graduate and even on and on. But it's in identifying these dogmatic ideologies that we can really start to reclaim power in ourselves. So socialization, you know, the process of learning to behave in a way that is acceptable in society. That's, that's what it is, ultimately. And it's a form of like social conditioning that we go through, which can be bad if the people around us are just feeding negativity to us and creating these dogmatic ideologies that are really trying to create shame within ourselves. Honestly, I don't think it's like I said in the previous episode, I don't think this 
energy, I'm going to say, not a person. I don't think people, I think people are just like vessels and we, you know, just hold and harbor feelings and we pass it on and we just keep going and going. And the more negativity we allow into our lives, it'll continue to pass on to others. So this idea of dogma and socialization, it's all within these social conditionings that people put on us. Teachers, peers, leaders, everyone, you know, they form these dogmatic ideologies and we adopt them. We meet them with unquestionable certainty, as I said earlier. In a great world, we live in a place where people are pushing positive dogmatic principles into our lives, where, you know, we become more self-loving and we can, you know, be kind and accepting of diversity and others, but that's not the world for some reason. And it's only in our actions that we can really take back and say, we will start enforcing these positive institutions so that way others can feel love and accepted. Because in that, in allowing others to feel love and acceptance, our society will thrive and will move into that next frontier, you know, maybe the reason why we're held up in all these scientific advancements is because we are creating this fear and shame and guilt tripping, you know, all these negative emotions. I really do believe when we eradicate all these negative thoughts in our social sphere, that we can thrive and do the things that we love. And in that, we create a beauty that allows ourselves to thrive in any sphere that we want to and without any shame. Society is very is a very powerful entity, right? Which is insane, but you guys with practice, with positive affirmations, we can really prosper and thrive in the world that we want for ourselves. I want to go over symbolic interactionism and it, it's because it's the framework that helps us understand how society is preserved and created through repeated interactions between individuals. So let's talk about that. I came across this article by Positive Justice. The uh, author is Mitch, also known as Michael. And this individual brought up an interesting notion when discussing dogma. You know, he his article, The Insidiousness of Dogma and How It Affects Our Ability to Be Happy. It was a phenomenal read, you know. And one thing that I really want to highlight was this idea of one plus one equals two, right? This is a, a great example of dogma. And in this example, he said... You know, there's a world, he used other examples, but this one stood out incredibly to me because it's all in, in how we think with our minds. How we're really restricted by symbolic interactionism, we're unable to see that one plus another one could also equal 11. And I know you're thinking, wait, one plus one is not 11, Michael, but I'm just saying in terms of one plus one equals two, yeah, equation wise, but one plus one, which means just putting two ones together also can make an 11. It really highlights this idea on how we approach things. You know, you could see one plus one as two and live your entire life thinking that, yes, that is correct. That is all one plus one equals, one plus one does not equal anything else. But I feel like those individuals are limited to just that equation. You know, they're, they're not looking at other aspects of 
this conjunction of numbers because one because adding two ones together could also mean an 11 and it was in that in that moment that i was able to see that it's really in how we approach things that we get to learn and see the greater picture you know and then we could even build into these ideas and say okay well one plus one equals two attach that to a mindset of like you know a certain person and exclude all these other mindsets, you start to really think, well, you know, if there's other ways to approach and look at something, then there should be other ways to approach and look at your body, for instance. And though there are words out there that do say, yes, you are skinny. Yes, you are fat. Yes, you are ugly. That is that person's idea of what they think you are. And it's a form of dogma, you guys. That's what they were told their entire lives. So they can't see anything else. And they probably won't until they really open their minds. You're not. And accept that you're not. These titles that people push onto you are that person's perception. And they can't see beyond that. And that is fine for that individual. That is not okay for you. You have to look beyond that because that is not the only reality. Okay? You know, like flat earthers. Um, Mitch offered a great example in the Flat Earther uh, Society and how at one period to say the world was round was crazy and met with adversity, which is all right for that time period. They didn't have the technology that we do now to understand that the world is round. So yeah, it is okay that there's a small group of the world. And I say small because we just make these ideas our entire world because we've socially accepted this realm, right? We can't socially accept that realm and believe it's the entirety of this world because it's not. The world is so vast and filled with so many great, beautiful bodies that vary in different sizes, colors, and texture. So yeah, you guys, one plus one is 11 for me. And I hope that you can see one plus one can also be 11 and that one plus one is two for some people. And that is fine. It's also one plus one does equal two for me when I'm in the mathematic world and I have to deal with formulas and whatever that's <laughs> that works and it plugs in. But I understand that that is not the only reality. Which brings me on to the second segment, which is diversity as a species. Humans are very diverse, just like animals, like we could use dogs as an example, you know, they range from different sizes, colors, fur patterns, everything in that we do as well. You know, our hair is different. Our eyes are different. Our facial features are structured differently. Our bodies, likewise, you know, it extends. We, we are also animals and belong to the animal kingdom. It makes sense that we are uniquely diverse, just like all the other inhabitants of our planet. So with that, I really want to go over different vulvas and different penises. You know, you might think this is weird and why, but it's because I'm exposing myself and my mind to the beauty that is the range of different vulvas and penises. And there are many, you guys. And as I'm flipping through these photos, no two are alike, really. They're all very different and they all have their own different textures and patterns and colors. And in that same breath, they are all beautiful. They really are, you know? Some can have blemishes like razor bumps. Some can be completely smooth and hairless, you know? That doesn't make one less than the other. With blemishes on your genitalia, 
That just happens because when certain people shave, your, their hair can grow back in a way that, that can create an ingrown situation. And just because you have a blemish in or around your genitalia does not mean it is an ugly vulva or penis because you do have a beautiful vulva or you do have a beautiful penis. It's great. Honestly, I think none of these, I think all of them are beautiful. I think all these penises are beautiful. And even with certain uh, penises and vulvas with abnormalities, there's a beauty in that as well, you know? And the individual that had to grow with a abnormality on their genitalia, think about the shame and the overall socialization that we've put onto this person the this is this is a great example of symbolic interactionism you know and it's so sad that we and others you know if we're in the locker room or whatever and you can see certain people's bodies that reflect or mirror this dogmatic approach of society trying to instill in your mind that you are not beautiful it's in that moment that you have to identify it and say it is incorrect that notion and that thought is incorrect. You are beautiful. Your vulva is beautiful. Your penis is beautiful. Okay. Size does not matter. You know, I, as I flip through here, I see a range of different penises varying from different sizes and colors, as well as vulvas. I can see that vulvas are very different and some tend to be more puffy, others very flat. There's a beauty in the female anatomy and the male anatomy and in our bodies. I just want you guys all to see that. And if you're not looking at it, go onto Wikipedia, look at all the, the different vulvas and penises. I <laughs> strongly urge you to do so because it's an exposing yourself to all these beautiful bodies that you can see yours lines up with maybe one or another, or maybe it could be a mixture of a bunch of different vulvas, or it could be a mixture of a bunch of different penises, you know? It, there's nothing wrong with any one vulva and any one penis. They're all gorgeous, you guys. They really are. I'm noticing that many have blemishes, and that's okay. I have blemishes on my chest. I don't really get any in my genital region but that's because i don't really shave you guys i just trim that's another diverse element here you know there's just like there's many different shapes and sizes there's also different hair patterns and some don't even have pubic hair beautiful it really is now why am i talking about vulvas and penises and all these things and why do you need it like you know it's Maybe you say out loud that you do love yours, and that is great. Continue saying out loud that you love it because you need to. That's how you instill a positive framework into your mind, and that's going to help you love yourself. And I definitely want to help enforce that rhetoric and ideology. Love yourself. You are beautiful. Every inch of your body is beautiful. And don't let anyone else say otherwise. As I go through these images of vulvas and penises, not everyone's going to look at these pictures and say, these are beautiful bodies. And that's okay. Once upon a time, I said that I would have said the same thing because I was so entrapped in, these, in this mindset of self-hate that I really would have pushed negativity onto these images. And who does that benefit? That doesn't benefit me at all. It really is more of an indication of how I hate myself.
And early on, I did hate myself. I did not like my body. Now I love it. But that's because I've grown and I've learned to love my body. And you can too. You need to love your body. I was watching Sex, Love, and Goop on Netflix with Gwyneth Paltrow and these volunteers who, you know, allowed us into the inner workings of their minds. And that's very invasive. But I commend them, all of them, for allowing us to step into their most vulnerable places because it's in that that I found so much strength in myself, but also that I recognize all this strength in them, specifically Camille and Chandra. I want to uh, spotlight them for a second because it was in watching their episode, which is episode three, if you'd like to have some type of context of sex, love, and goop. Camille and Chandra are a couple and they struggle with intimacy, body image, positivity, and self-confidence. When I was watching it, I, I instantly thought, why? But as, we, as you go through the episode, you find out why. Camille has a background in dance and ballet. So yeah, this idea of perfection and having a certain body type that's pushed on them in those arts and her identifying with these outlets of expression but not really receiving a positive experience because her body is not like her peers in the class, perhaps. And that's very damaging because it was her comparing herself and her body to those of her peers, and it's not different. And who knows? I don't know her entire background, but maybe she chose to pull away from dance and that art because she was identifying more bad than good in her overall personal journey, which is sad because to me, that just shows a person who has a, be has a beautiful soul and a love for a craft. And she couldn't even fully immerse herself in there and explore that avenue that is ballet and dance because she was met with shame. My heart goes out to her. I only wish I could have been there to help her um, growing up because I would have told her, F those thoughts, F those people, and grow and challenge yourself to do the things that you love and, and want to do because we ourselves are the ones that set limits for our overall achievements and trajectory in life. Nobody else can do that but ourselves. That's why the mind is such a powerful tool, you guys. If we convince ourselves that we are beautiful, if we convince ourselves that we are worthy, then we will start to exude that energy and believe it. And you have to reiterate that over and over again to yourself because you are. We experience shame on the daily because it's that socialization, that symbolic interactionism that is really driving this negative idea within ourselves and saying, don't do the things that you love. And it's sad. When I was watching, she had this like abundance of positivity in her persona in the beginning uh, segment of the episode, you know, I got this confidence from her. And she is a very gorgeous woman, Camille, right? I hope she can see all the beautiful aspects of her body that I saw when I was watching. What's great about this episode was that it was instilling a narrative of body positivity. And I urge you to watch this episode because I hope it will awaken something within yourself so that way you can understand. It is very evident that society is very, very, very mean to women. But it makes sense. There's this like outer narrative to tell women to suppress their sexual drives. It, we're told if women 
are promiscuous, there's blanks and blanks. You know, you can fill in the blanks. Your mind already thought of it. I'm not going to say it. I hate those words. It was very evident that body shaming is a thing in women's minds. And when when these women disrobed, I don't know what she was thinking. She didn't really articulate as deeply in her interview as to what exactly was causing her this level of anxiety within herself. It, it was it stems from the ballet and dance background. But but what was it? Was it in her sitting down, she saw certain roles that she didn't love or this is totally me plugging in things and notions. I don't really know what it, what the context of her anxiety was in her disrobing, but it was very evident. It stems from her reaction to her naked body. I think we all learn from that reaction. It honestly just saddens me that she did because I don't want people to feel ashamed of their bodies. You have a very beautiful body. You need to love and embrace that body. It's the only one you're going to get, you guys. It's the only one you have. And you have to love every phase of its existence, you know? If you're up a couple pounds and that's not the usual for you, that is fine. You're on this life journey. You have to be kind to yourself. If you don't like something about yourself, make improvements and incorporate positive affirmations into yourself because it's in that loving moment. It's in loving yourself that you're really going to grow. I just wish I could have gave Camille a hug, but honestly, <laughs> she was in a very vulnerable space. I know that that would have just made things more uncomfortable. As, we, as you dive through the episode, you really see that damage that is done to people and to Camille and to Chandra. You know, these women who are both gorgeous women and a beautiful couple at that experience shame within themselves. They don't have the ability to love each other intimately. And those those thoughts are strong enforcements of our beliefs. And it goes into that dogmatic approach that I was talking about earlier, you know people telling them that this is how your body needs to be. This is what beautiful is. And if you're not this, you're not beautiful. And this beautiful couple accepted this rhetoric as true. And it is not true because they are beautiful. And Chandra's background comes from, you know, her religious family really pushing shame onto her because she is different. She loves women and Unfortunately, her family does not second that notion. What I did love was that in looking at herself in the mirror, which Chandra says she really didn't, doesn't do, she found a sense of beauty in herself. She found all the gorgeous elements within herself. And I hope Camille did too, because th their bodies are beautiful. And if you watch it in the episode, you'll see it as well. They're very beautiful. But you can see how this dogmatic ideology is damaging beautiful people and preventing them from loving themselves. And this is the couple who's been with each other for six years. It's a painful reality to hear that they've been with each other for six years and then listen to the level of like self-confidence they didn't have. And, you know, their backgrounds was the, the prime example of why they couldn't love themselves and why they felt certain shame in themselves. And it perfectly explained why they had a lack of self-confidence. I just hope that in that experience with Goop, they grow and learn that they are beautiful and that one plus one equals two mentality is correct for that individual and those people in that sphere.
and not correct for them. And it shouldn't be correct for us either. You should be able to see that Chandra and Camille are gorgeous because they are. So an exercise I want you to do is I want you to stare at yourself fully naked in the mirror and look at your body. Look at what you like about your body, you know, list those. Those are great. And now the more challenging bit is identify the things you don't like about your body. And you have to ask yourself, why? Why don't you like that about your body? Who told you that that is undesirable and unworthy? Does that matter? Whatever entity said that to you, does that matter? No, it doesn't matter. There's things about my body that I don't like either, you guys. I have stretch marks on my ass. I have stretch marks on my back. I have stretch marks in my inner thighs. This is going to get a little intimate. I used to be so in my head when I was having sex. When we were in missionary, I could see my stretch marks. I have stretch marks in my inner thighs right next to my groin, you guys. All I could think about in that moment, this person is looking at my flaws. Sometimes I wouldn't be able to climax because I'd be too involved in this internal dialogue that pulled me away from the moment that I was experiencing. The reason why is because I see all these people on social media that are probably touching up their photos and I've done the same thing, you know, I've erased certain stretch marks. You have to understand that it was a journey for me as well. I had to find the beauty within myself and I hope that you can allow yourself to find the beauty within yourself. You have to really understand that body image affects our ability to love ourselves. I mean, I remember at one point I used to have sex in the dark because I was ashamed of my, my body. I didn't want whoever I was with to see the flaws that are on my skin. And when they didn't challenge that ideology and went straight for the light switch and, you know, proceeded in the complete darkness, it was evident that they were reinforcing this ideology on me. And it could have been passive. It wasn't intentional. It was just in that they wanted to engage further with me. And that was you know, a level of comfort that I said I needed before we engaged in sex. I'm not trying to push the blame onto any one person that I've slept with. I, it's honestly just my personal journey in self-acceptance. It, it took constant work and enforcement to tell myself that I am beautiful, that my body is beautiful. And eventually I got to a point where I could have sex with the lights on. I could have sex in broad daylight. If we tell ourselves we are undesirable, we will believe it. And that is why you have to say the opposite. You have to break and shatter those ideas and beliefs with a sense of positivity and self-love. That was <laughs> So that was a really intimate conversation. And I will share these images on social media. I will share my stretch marks and my inner thighs. I'm not going to hide those from you guys. I will share my bare ass so you can see the stretch marks I'm talking about. I even have stretch marks on my back. These stretch marks are on my body because I really didn't moisturize as my body grew and I went from being like this really tiny petite kid to a really tall teenager in the span of a year. Stretch marks are ugly to those individuals in that small sphere and that is it. It's not ugly to everybody else that is embracing positivity and embracing this notion that we are all human and that we are all beautiful because you are. If you remember earlier when I had said, indulge me with a level of openness because these topics can spur up some judgment. Now, this next segment, it is not a very popular opinion and is not a topic that many people approach with a sense of openness. 
it's going to be very evident that we experience this dogmatic ideology. And it is not a reflection of who you are and you have to be kind to yourself. Yes, you are going to form certain judgments on this next topic. That is only a dogmatic ideology that was instilled on you through social conditioning and symbolic interactionism. Understand that. That is fine for you to feel certain ways. I need you to approach it with a sense of openness though. So this next segment is ageism. And I bring up ageism because in episode three of Sex, Love, and Goop, I was introduced to this couple, Joey and Mike. Joey, who is 62, and Mike, who is 66 years old. It's They're a beautiful couple who've been together for 12 years, and they're a much older couple. People look at older souls and think, ew, they're wrinkly, they're gross, all this stuff. Like, That's damaging rhetoric, you guys. It really is. The reality is we will meet Joey and Mike on, the, on our life journey eventually. So we have to learn to love them as they are right now because that is our future. Whether you like it or not, you will age. It's inevitable. In watching their story and their struggles with intimacy, you really... I. I really just started hearing all these echoes in my head of, of this old mindset of, you know, ageism and how people just don't find older men and women attractive. You know, I had to really sit with myself and think, why? Why is it that when we see 60 plus or older individuals in the realm of sex, why is this met with disgust? I will say I, my, I have had sex with men that are above the age of 70. And you might think, whoa, that's way too old, so-and-so, whatever. That is not too old, okay? It's not. That mindset in your head is a dogmatic ideology that's instilled in you through symbolic interactionism. Who knows how strong that is in your head? I've allowed myself to be open to individuals of any age so long as I'm attracted to that person. Okay, if I find a level of attraction in someone, that is my level of attraction in that person. I can have sex with whoever I want to have sex with because that is my moment of intimacy with whoever I choose to be intimate with. It's crazy because I had that ideology instilled in me and I had to break away from it because it is damaging. You know, I. it's crazy because there is a distinct difference in the sex with partners that I've had with men that were much older than me and those of men that are around the same age as me. Distinct difference, it's so crazy. I'm not gonna blanket all men my age as bad at sex. I've had great sex, phenomenal sex with men my age. I've had phenomenal sex with men older than me. I just, from my experience, the men that are like significantly older than me really put a lot of care and attention into me, my orgasm and my pleasure. Did the guys that were in my age group invoke pleasure in our sexual experience yes they were great themselves as well was i left those experiences with pleasure and and a sense of orgasmic relief it was a, but it was accomplished in different terms and i'm not telling you to go out and have sex with older men i'm just asking i'm just inviting you into a conversation of sex that is different and probably not deemed acceptable in your mind if it is then great. And if you have had sex with people that are older than you, men or women alike, that's great. I know that you know the sexual experience. You know, if I allowed wrinkles and gray hair to 
to prevent me from really seeing the beauty in individuals and age, then that's going to stop me from seeing the beauty in my age when I reach that point. That is inevitable. Like I said earlier, we will reach age. And if we just sit there and enforce this dogmatic ideology in our head that age is ugly, then it only makes sense. When we reach that frontier ourselves, we will think that we are ugly and we will not have this drive for sex anymore. Why? Because we're told and we've programmed in our head for year after year after year saying, when I am old, I am ugly, I am unworthy of sex, and I will not have sex. If it will benefit you to go online and look up older gentlemen or women and see their naked bodies, then I invite you to do so because I believe exposure is a form of therapy that helps. It's, it's really just the fear of the unknown. Honestly, that exposure to looking at older, naked people is really going to allow you to see that when your body changes as you age, because it will, it will only reinforce these elements of beauty in yourself. Because if you're constantly feeding that negative rhetoric, that age is ugly and gross, then, which I hate these words, but if you're, only, if you're reinforcing that rhetoric in your head, when you get to that age, you will completely be shut off in, t in terms of sex and, and self-confidence and body positivity. You have to find the beauty in every phase of your existence because you are beautiful in every phase of your existence. Who, who cares if you're up 10 pounds? If you don't like it, then develop practices that are going to help you shift that mindset, you know, whether it be working out or just saying, so what? In watching Joey and Mike and their exploration, I really, you know, was putting myself in that position and in those shoes. What is it in myself that I need to do to allow myself when I reach that age to feel sexy and great? Well, I know for me, I want to continue working out as I get older. And that's just going to be a practice that I'm going to embed in myself because hitting the gym and working out is great. And I love the results that I get from the gym. Yeah, my skin will change. It's this <laughs> other energy out there that we've validated that is telling us wrinkles are ugly, that aging is ugly, and that we have to have this like youthful glow to us all the time. And then when we reach that threshold, we're, you know, alienated from society and so on. So whatever, that's not, that should never be rhetoric that we accept. If you can't see the beauty that comes with age, that is okay. That just shows you how strong this dogmatic ideology is. I just invite you to approach the topic with openness and really see that individuals at a certain age are beautiful. Okay. Cause the reality is they are they are having sex, whether you like it or not. It's only when you break those unquestionable certainties in your mind that you can really embrace the beautiful, beautiful world that we have around us. I want you guys to understand that when we learn real acceptance of self, we are met with reverence. Honestly, guys, please rate this podcast five stars. Leave me a review. I love to see feedback and share this podcast with others. This is what we need to put out into the world so that way others can love themselves. Everyone's struggling with self-acceptance in one way or another. And it's only in reinforcing a positive dogmatic approach 
that we will eradicate these nasty thoughts that are only stopping us from achieving our true potential. Oh, also subscribe to the podcast, you guys. It (laughs) helps a lot. I upload every Wednesday. With that, I'm signing off. I love you.